This is Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Spreading like this Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. This is Marking Out episode number 401. And you can listen to all of our past episodes at MarkingOut.com. This on this episode this week we have an interview with Mike Kingston from Headlock Comics and this is the first interview that we've done in I think about five years so go back to the archives on MarkingOut.com and check out all of our past interviews with uh, Alex Reynolds, John Silver, we've had the Greek God Papadon on here, we've had the Big O so go check those out. Uh, if you don't want to go to MarkingOut.com, make sure you go to any of your podcasting sites. I'm talking about iTunes. I'm talking about Stitcher Radio. I'm talking about Google Play. Maybe it's on Spotify. We don't know. Regardless, you can li- you can listen to them all there. And speaking of regardless, we have a shirt that says that at our Pro Wrestling Tees store, ProWrestlingTees.com slash MarkingOut. Big sale. I'm talking big, folks. I'm talking huge. Um, 20% off everything in store and online this weekend from the 12th to the 15th. Use the code retail when you check out and with every order, you get a free pro wrestling crate overstock autographed eight by 10. So Brandon will be ordering some shirts this weekend. He'll probably get another boogeyman autograph. So go check that out. Pro wrestling slash marking out. Social media wise, facebook.com slash marking out, twitter.com slash marking out. Email us, marketout1 at gmail.com. Do you have a wrestling-related song? Do you just have a song you want us to play? Uh, we will play it for you. Marketout1 at gmail.com. YouTube, we want to start beefing up our YouTube, but we need some subscriptions to do that. So youtube.com slash marketout11. The coup de gras there, the, the meat and potatoes, is our Cooking with Brandon series. You can check it out there, youtube.com slash marketout11. My name is Chris. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris Sweendog. I'm also sitting here with Dave, who you can follow on Twitter at DaveTheRave underscore M-O. Dave, how are you doing this fine evening? I am doing pretty great. Pretty great, you know? A little bit under the uh, the weather. Yeah. A little under the weather, but doing all right. How about yourself? I'm doing great. We're also sitting here with Brandon, who you can follow on Twitter at BTTG161. Brandon, how are you doing today? I am doing awesome as always. And another. <laughs> damn, I feel, I feel like nicely creeped out right now. <laughs> For some reason, that, like the way that he introed himself, it's like I would picture him standing like right behind you in a dark room, just like ready to creep up on you and attack you. I well, think... it was the Halloween season, so I wouldn't have expected otherwise. Like that time you creeped up on my uh, old apartment dressed up like Brandon. Yeah, that was amazing. I wish I had that on video. I wish you had that on video also. I feel like I feel like this is like the third time I've recorded an episode with my voice like this. So please, do you, forgive do you have a little it. hot water and lemon, some honey going on? Come no, on. I don't. Yeah, you got to keep those uh, vocal cords nice and lubricated. It's weird because if I like if I sang, it, it sounds normal. But I'm not about to sing on the podcast. When have you tried to sing since hey, being sick? Oh, the whole, the whole time. Yeah, really? every single day, all, all, all day or day. It, it right. hit. It started to hit Tuesday night, and then Wednesday I woke up like this. So 
Uh, and then Dave, I just found out today that he is also, quote unquote, under the weather. So uh, uh, we're going to have to choke it up to Comic-Con. Yeah, we, we absolutely yeah. crushed Comic-Con, I would say. Dave more than me, but. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, Chris, how was your uh, your week? I mean, it wasn't as fun as going to Comic-Con, I'll tell you that much. Uh, but a lot of work. Um, what do we do? I went to Hicks. This. Oh, yeah. So Venom last week. Yeah, How was we were... it? Thumbs up. It was good. Down. Yeah, I gave it a thumbs up. It was fun. You know, for I... for a, a, a standalone, uh, you know, Venom movie without any sort of Spider-Man traces in there. It worked. I was so... like, I was tempted to go, but I just couldn't pull myself to it. Yeah, no, I, I enjoyed it. That was good. Um, and then just work, work. Monday, we went to Hicks and got pumpkins and Halloween gimmicks for the house. That's, was that, uh, that's a nursery? Yeah, it's a nursery. Where is it at? Uh, it's in Old Westbury. I don't know. But, yeah, we go there every year. I get overwhelmed with all the people and kids and everything like that running around. <laughs> I thought you were going to say with all the pumpkins to choose from. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, I mean, that, that especially. Come on. There's no other way you could do that. But um, and then work, work, work. Um, today I was the chaperone on my son's field trip to, to an art museum, which was pretty cool. Where? And, uh, the art museum. The yeah, Long Island yeah. Art Museum in Roslyn. Oh. Is that the one with the uh, like the stagecoach or? It's I don't know. Like, we, oh. I, it's an old house. We went inside. It was great. Yeah. And that was that. Um, who do I ask first? How their week was? Dave or Brandon? Because I know it's going to lead to Comic Con. I mean, Brandon can <laughs> talk about Comic Con later. Wait, let's but, see. I mean, is... know Brandon's done a lot of other things this week as well because he's a social butterfly. I, so, Brandon, how was your week? I, I don't. I don't think I did anything else except for Comic Con. You go to Elton John last night? No, I didn't. That's uh, really? that's on Thursday. Today is Thursday, Larry. Well, next Thursday, Larry. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if you missed the concert. Yeah, I'd have and so why, many other dates to. I, saw, make I honestly, I saw your Twitter at bttg161 tweeting about Elton yeah. John goes is so going to doing something or other. My sister went on. Tuesday at the Coliseum. Yeah, it's called Hall Hell. Yeah, I'm going to the Garden. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I know you wouldn't you wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> exactly, but it's it it sucks because, like, I've seen him one, two, I think maybe three other times, maybe two other times, and all I want to do is hear Circle of Life and Can You Feel the Love Tonight. Will he actually play those live? He does that in Vegas. But on this tour, Vegas, no. baby, Vegas. It sucks, man. All I want to do is hear those two songs live. It's like All Phil right. Collins. I see. I'm going to see Phil on on Sunday. Oh, you guys are on a first first name basis. Yeah, <laughs> I'm Do going to see felt. Mr. I'm going to see Mr. Collins on Sunday. I'm going to see. Uh, I'm going to a wedding on Sunday. But oh, what I was oh. going to say though is that for a while now he hadn't been playing. You'll be in my heart. This, I mean, despite the fact that in a while he hasn't toured really. So this is his first, I think, big tour in the United States for a bit. Yeah. But okay. on the set list, it's uh, it's there. So I'm pleasantly pleased. That's pretty from, cool. From the Disney motion picture film Tarzan. Huh. But yeah, <laughs> other than uh, not going to any concerts this week, I, uh, I, I had Comic-Con. Yeah. Yeah. What about what about you, Dave? How was your week? What about me? Work, work, work. Um, and I wouldn't have it any other way. 
Yep, absolutely. And all right, so you guys went to Comic Con. Let's talk yeah. about. It. Have you been um, to Comic Con before? Nope. It's... And this was Dave's first Comic Con as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this was my first Comic-Con, and it lived up to expectations totally. Um, I so, guess... So right off... Live up to expectations. Uh, let, let's start with, like, the just, day of what we did, and then we could go through some things that, like, we actually enjoyed a Yeah, lot. I just wanted to say right off the bat, it was much easier getting in this year than it was... Yeah, because the, the Javits Center was under, under construction. Right. So immediately, almost... Well, almost immediately, as soon as we got in there... We uh, headed over to the Funko booth before. Of course, you did before it got super crowded. But like, we didn't like. I don't think we went over there with intentions to to look at the Funko pops. No, it, it was just because we were meeting up. We went up. No, that was we. We showed up there together. <laughs> Where did we meet? The, no, we showed up together. You came to me on, on, on Friday. Friday. Yeah, but where did I meet you? Here. We showed up together. Oh, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that did Jesus happen. Jesus Christ. That's accurate. We we went to the Funko booth looking for Zack Ryder. Of course he did. <laughs> but, I mean, uh, but, yeah, they had... We didn't had... really do that much at the Funko booth, though. No, because... we just posed for a picture in front of the giant uh, Thor Ragnarok Funko Pop statue, which I then later, I saw it was signed by Mark Ruffalo, but that was... I guess that had to have been signed there when we were already there because he was only there on Thursday. Oh, really? Yeah. That, it was, and it was really cool to see because we see all those videos of Funko and I've never seen it before. But to see it in per- like to see it there and to see all these special exclusive Funkos that it, it's just pretty crazy. And then as the day progressed, their line was just growing and growing and growing. Yeah, the and crowd the crowd over by the Funko booth is like ridiculous. It's funkin' crazy. Yeah, it really yeah, is. Yeah, that's for sure. Like they had a Midas Gold Batman. They have a movie moment of Hulk versus the Hulk Buster and so many more uh really special and great Funko Pops that were available for purchase, but you had to win the I guess the lottery, you had to enter in order to be able to purchase any of these. And uh some of them are shared store exclusive, so uh, well, although it won't say New York Comic Con on it, it will say Fall Convention. Mm-hmm. So if that matters to you, then I'm sure you, you can get it on eBay. But if it doesn't matter to you, then you could go to numerous, various stores, I should say. Like Hot yeah. Topic, I think FYE probably. Yeah, so something huge that Funko was also showing off was the DC Primal Age figures. Um this is not really a pop figure-ish thing, but the DC Primal Age figures, they're action figures, but a take with the DC comics. So you have Batman, Mr. Freeze, Joker, in kind of a medieval-ish uh, aspect. Um, me and Brandon were lucky enough to get a, a Mr. Freeze one at a, a signing later on. Not um, a signing, a panel. Well, a panel. Yeah, it was at a panel. But basically basically one of the very first things that we did on Friday was my agenda, which was meet uh, the cast of Boy Meets World, that being Ben Savage, Danielle Fischel, and Will Friedell, which I got a, uh, a picture of Ben and Danielle and Vader signed by both of them. Which a lot of fans on the line were questioning and thought were really... <laughs> Really cool. And then I got a picture of Will Friedle 
and is it Matthew Lawrence and uh, Mankind in one nah. one thing? But you know what the sad thing about that is? What? That you'll never be able to get the whole yeah. thing completed. That's yeah. like that's like um, last December, I think it was, when I met uh, LT, Lawrence Taylor. Mm-hmm. I got a picture of him versus Bam Bam signed. Okay. And what's cool is, like, Ben Savage right away, he was just like, ah, oh, Vader, R.I.P. And, like, all, like they all can kind of have an attachment to the pictures that Brandon has been bringing them to sign. Brandon made, made his own 8x10s. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, Will, they're, Will was they're like, really ooh, cool. mankind. <laughs> yeah, then, Will Friedle was really cool, and he took the time with everyone. I mean, with Ben Savage well, I mean, and all Daniel three Fischl, of them did. Yeah, they really did, but... Because of and the, the lines, lines the lines, dude, the lines. You're gonna say the lines were long or whatever. The lines were nowhere near as, as crazy as they normally are. No, I, I agree with you. I think that the lines were very contained, and I thought they did a really good job with maintaining uh, the lines. Yeah, we definitely I like, lucked out there. Yeah, I like the aspect of everybody. I, they probably did this in the past, but they would go around to each person asking them what they wanted, and then they would give them a uh, uh, sticky po- note. Yeah, sticky note. Post-it. Saying like their name and do they want an ape? Uh, what is it? A, um, um, photo selfie. or an autograph? Yeah, yeah. But that's what they selfie. do. Like when I when I went to go see Nick Swisher when I this is like two thousand nine when I met Nick Nick Swisher of the Yan- when he was playing with the Yankees. I went up, waited on the line, and I had one of his foul balls. That's and I was Steiner. Like, I so-. Steiner. Yeah. They're like, okay, you want to get the side? He's like, yeah. Like, where do you want? And I'm like, right, be- right in the sweet spot, which is right between the the thin seams not the thick seams so they just go hey here you go right between and that's what but that's what they do that's what you're supposed to do especially yeah. with autograph signings. I, I i i don't know like maybe i've it's just been so long since i've been to an autograph signing but this was a new aspect to me and i thought it was genius because it kept the line really moving quickly and it was it was good it was cool yeah and i gotta say uh ben savage almost did a bumper for us so but, close. Why did, but why did he not? Handler's going to handle. Yeah. Ben goes, yeah, let's do it. And then she goes, absolutely not. He's not doing that or something like and, that. And then uh, what was his handler? Who's that guy? The the, the guy that does Eric all the wrestling? No. Yeah, it was Eric Sims. <laughs> no. But, he, uh, he does, he does wish he, to tell everybody on the podcast that he does say hi, though. <laughs> yeah, he did say that. So why don't we email him? Hey, Ben. Well, I don't know where he's got an email that's out in public Sweet him. come on brazen eh, it's not gonna work Why but, not? Uh, well i mean i already did for the fact that i did tweet them and there was no and then, response but danielle official is a fan of uh, what they're doing with leo rush i did ask her that really quickly about her feelings with leo rush's new gimmick on raw she's a fan yeah because she, she definitely she she and feels his, the rush i mean yeah, <laughs> she does. Hard, hard, she, hard not to. I mean, the guy's impressive. She did a bumper. Yeah. Really? We uh, I blocked the the handler. And, yeah, uh, after, <laughs> after Ben Savage, me and Brandon kind of got into a – got our method but, down. Yeah, because our mistake with Ben was um, me taking the photograph first and then Dave asking for the bumper as opposed to Dave asking – Danielle first up for the bumper while I'm still dealing with the handler almost. And yeah. then I took the photograph with Danielle. Ah, okay. And, and, and I was on the I was on the side of Brandon away from the handler. So 
there's kind of like a size difference where I kind of end up hiding behind Brandon. Interesting. At the right angle. So, yeah, so it definitely worked out. And then uh, with Will Friedel, um, his we handlers, weren't able to... His handlers knew what was up. Yeah, they caught on. <laughs> they caught on. But he did spend – I did like that he was uh, very talkative and everything like that. Yeah, he's very, very nice. Yeah. Cool. What uh, else? Then, then we headed over to meet one of the Power Rangers. Uh, and the, did, wait, the the most important thing. Yes, the answer is but, yes. <laughs> okay, what's 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 what was the question then? Jeopardy. Do, do I have? Did I get a Funko Pop signed? Yes. And you yes. <laughs> by, by Steve Cardenas. Yes. Who the hell's Steve Cardenas? He, Car, Cardenas, whatever. It, he took Danis? over. He was Cardenas? he was he was Rocky. He took over for Austin St. John as a Red Ranger. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I got the metallic uh, Red Ranger sign for, from the movie. Um, yeah, that, that was over at the Boom Studios uh, booth. Boom. And they, yeah. they had really interesting comics over there. They actually have a lot of WWE-related comics. Um, and they also had Sami Zayn was signing autographs over there on one of the days, too. He was signing. Yeah. They had a, He was there on uh, Saturday. Yeah, they had a Comic Con exclusive of it was Sami Zayn with Kevin Owens in an artistic poster, and he was signing that. Um, but Boom Studios, they were advertising a lot of the Power Rangers Shattered Grid, and they also had Arl Stein there signing autographs at one point too. No way. Yeah, so it was oh, really, that's dope. Which yeah, I have to say, one really. one year, I think it was 2014. Uh, Arl Stein was signing in the main autographing area for free. <laughs> That's really cool. And I wanted to go up and get an autograph, but the people I was with didn't want to wait. So, yeah, well, boom-studios.com. Everyone should definitely go check out some of the comics that they got over there. Then we uh, we headed over to another booth to meet uh, another Power Ranger, which, yes, I got another Funko Pop signed. This was the uh, yellow Power Ranger. Yes, the second yellow Power Ranger. She... uh, Aisha Campbell on the show. She's uh, Karen Ashley in real life. Uh, which I could have gotten the, the movie version, the metallic version, or the normal one because she, she wore both suits. Mm-hmm. But okay. uh, I, I got the, the normal one because I couldn't find the, the movie one. Yeah, but people are still intrigued with the one that you did get. Well, because they were like, where did you get that? You can't yeah. find them here. I was like, oh. Were, were they more like, where did you get that? Or like... Where did you get that? <laughs> no. no. But I, I couldn't uh, – I mean they, I I brought it with me. I come prepared to these events sometimes. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, just in case. Yeah. yeah. Where did we head over after that? Uh, we we actually split up because I went to the 25th anniversary Boy Meets World panel. And I don't, yeah. I don't know – you. oh, you went to that – you walked right into a sign <laughs> by mistake. So this is where it kind of – this is where I guess my experience – and Brandon's differs a lot. Like, I went to this 25th an- anniversary panel, and I went to meet uh, Richard Horvitz, who does the voice of Alpha 5. And yes, I had another Funko Pop. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then, also, also the voice of Invader Zim. Yeah. So Brandon went to that, and I was just like, I'm going to walk around and see what I can see. I mean, I'm limited on time, I feel like, and I just want to see everything and take pictures with a ton of cosplayers and take pictures of cosplayers and I'm like standing there and they had this huge exhibit saying like join us on London and talking about 
just showing off this big thing. And it was for this upcoming movie called Mortal Engines. And it's coming out December 14th, I believe. And they had this entire booth. And I'm like, let's check it out. Let's see what it is. So there's two lines. And I asked the guy working there. I'm like, what's this line for? He said, oh, this is the line for this experience. And this is the line to meet the the actors and the uh, the director. And I'm like, ah. he's like, it's two hours to wait. And I'm like, ah, two hours to wait. I don't know if Brandon's going to be done. And he's like, I'm like, who's in it? And he's like, oh, I don't, I don't know. Peter Jackson's the director. And I'm like, uh, two hours to wait. Peter Jackson, that's cool. You know what? I'm going to go do this experience thing. David texted me. He goes, should I wait and meet Peter Jackson? I was like, is it free? Yes. Then yes, go meet <laughs> Peter Jackson. Like if it takes longer than what I'm doing, that's fine. Yeah. So you met, so, so you met Peter Jackson. Yeah, so I waited online and they gave out bracelets and I was I ended up getting a autograph for Peter Jackson and the entire cast, like Lila Georgia and all these other actors, but Peter Jackson I ended up meeting and I got Peter Jackson to sign my uh my Comic Con badge. So that was a very unique experience that I in a million years wouldn't have thought about it. But this movie, it does look really cool because the experience they actually input you in the trailer. Oh, was it VR? Yeah. It, oh. No, no. It was like oh. CG. It was kind of, it was CGI where they what? input you in the trailer. So they splice you clips of you into it. Oh, and so you had like, you stood on a blue screen or something? Pretty much. It, I stood on a bridge and in the back it was a blue screen. Did and they send you a copy of that or? Yeah, it's oh. on the, it's online. And it's actually hilarious because I didn't why have any. Why don't you like share that with me? I'll probably post it on Facebook. I keep on forgetting, but so I'm online and they want people to do it in grouping so they could get it done with. Understandable. So I'm standing there, I'm like, I don't have anybody, and I'm dressed up in, as Wolverine, full fledged Wolverine. <laughs> so the West Fox. Yeah. So there was these three women behind me, and these two people dressed up in front of me, and they're like, they're going to do their thing, and I'm like, I look behind at me. The people are like, all right, they're, you're going to join them. I'm like, all right, let's do it. So in the video, it's hilarious because I told them like, "Don't worry, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have a lot of fun. It's gonna be amazing. I'm gonna really sell it for you." So in the video, on the screen, it says like "duck, dive, and dodge," like stuff like that on the movie screen. So this way you can react to the trailer. So I'm like overselling HBK style everything, and it's hilarious because these women in the video are legit trying to be, be scared. Be this, be this, and I was just overselling it like crazy. <laughs> and it's it's actually a really funny video of me with these three random people, but it was a lot of fun. So, and then the uh, how was that Boy Meets World panel? It was good. Uh, they discussed uh, obviously the show. They they a lot of the times cracked jokes about Ryder Strong. Mm -hmm. I guess he wasn't there, so they they were able to. Um, and they spoke a little bit about Girl Meets World. So it was good. But That's cool. After that, we went. Uh, it was pretty much the end of Comic Con by that point. Hold on, before we before we go to the end, I do want to just mention real quick that movie, Mortal Engines. It was actually a book written by Philip Reeve, and it's based on four novel series of futuristic steampunk London, where the world is running out of resources and everything is changing, and the cities are now mounted on wheels, and it's all motorized. 
and like Hugo Weaving's in it, and a bunch of other actors. Stephen Lang, who's one of the villains in Avatar, and it used to be a book, so it can be a Lord of the Rings franchise-ish movie base. So that's going to be really interesting to keep your eye open for. But um, yeah, you? I, I tried a coffee beverage for the first time in like twenty years, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, don't, I don't like coffee, but we went to Monster Energy has a some sort of coffee drinks. Yeah, the now. Java's. Yeah, yeah, the Java Monster. It was it was pretty good. Yeah, yeah Monster's I, pretty good. Yeah, the Java Monster, and it was More really fan of the, the blue monsters myself. But you know, what is uh, is that like a raspberry lo- flavor? Or something? No, it's like I don't know. It's low carb. It's uh, low calories, stuff like that. Same same junk you're throwing in your system. Yes, mm-hmm. and like I don't do energy drinks or anything like that. So, it's Brandon like, didn't it's, sleep for three days. It will no. I I slept. <laughs> I slept like a baby, and then I got sick. That's amazing that you slept like a baby. I couldn't oh, go to wait a sleep. Minute. I didn't somebody was that that monster energy thing? Was there a dude with like really long dreadlocks? Oh, I didn't notice. No. They were no, just there were women just, that were pouring yeah, the women. drinks, yeah. yeah so I know buddy I buddy of mine that works for Monster, I know he was at Comic Con, I saw on his Facebook feed, so Oh, yeah, no, just a few women handing out stuff. But um, then I, I couldn't go to sleep till like three in the morning that day. Oh well I I'm sure I might have I might have been up that late. Regardless, yeah, of then just I, three I, I had out. Yeah, and I had work the day after, so on Sun Saturday I had work, and I was just well, that's dumb. why did we we went to we, we, that wasn't even the end of our Comic Con experience on Friday. We went to oh. a panel at the Hammerstein Ballroom for Doctor Who. Yeah, the TARDIS time with David Tennant, Alex Kingston, and Matt Smith. So, which I I only know I only know the name David Tennant because everybody like freaks out over him. I guess he was an actor in Harry Potter as well. Yes, he was an actor in Harry Potter. Who was he in Harry Potter? Um, he was in. He's a guy with the slithering tongue. I forgot his name. Voldemort? No, no, no. In the in one of the first movies, he revealed himself as the guy with the slithering tongue. They were in the uh, courtroom with him. And he was yeah, I'm trying to remember who he was on Harry Potter. Let's he play. Oh, he plays Ducktales in the new. Uh, yeah. He plays Screws with Duck in the new Ducktales. Barty. Yeah, they did, yeah, they did bring Barty that up. Barty Crouch Jr. Ah, okay. In Crouch Harry Jr. Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Ah, it's been a while since I watched those. I want to rewatch them soon. Which, by yeah, the way, I want. I wanted to meet uh, Dan Fogler, who was in those. Uh, those other what is the Harry Potter film that's not Harry Potter? Oh, 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 Fantastic Beasts. Beast. Yeah, yeah, there's a new one coming out, yeah. Yeah, he's in that film, but he has a comic book out that he was uh gonna be at Comic Con signing, but I, I had just missed him. Yeah, we kept on missing him. And then on Sunday he just didn't show up, so it's uh Yeah. Which um, it's funny because I, I saw him on Broadway in the twenty yeah. fifth an, annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. Which All is right. one of my favorite shows. I nice. wanted to, I wanted to tell him that. Yeah, maybe next time. But with the TARDIS time, maybe it was amazing time. because being being a huge Doctor Who fan, getting to see these three actors. You had River Song, and then David Tennant and Matt Smith, who were both one of the doctor, uh, the doctors. So it was really a marking out. I marked out for this experience because to see this panel, I didn't really think that it would be a thing. And the panel was just a lot of fun. It was really my. It was actually my first panel. Yeah, it was. It was um, a good panel. Yeah, they were especially for about... somebody who has not one clue about Doctor Who, it was. I was still able to sit there and enjoy it. 
enjoy, yeah, they, enjoy the content. Yeah, I mean, they had a, a few contests and stuff, and I heard Brandon laughing. I was laughing. It was really a good time over there. Nice. So, nice. so that was just day one. Yeah. Well, so day two. Yeah, that was for that was for our day one. Day two in general. Um, we could well, go your on the day two. Actual, yeah. Exactly. I want to I hear your experience. I don't want to hear the overall experience. I want to hear your experience. So then you went Friday, so then you went Sunday also. Well, well so, Dave went Saturday. Yeah. Okay. I went After work, Saturday. Dave was sitting there yeah, contemplating. I'm like, you'll walk around there like a chicken without your head. <laughs> All right, yeah. so, okay, Dave, day two. All right, so day two, I went to work, and I was contemplating going, not going. And I'm like, you know what? I have nothing else to do. I don't want to sit around uh, watching TV tonight. I'm going to the city. I only had like two hours to really get to do anything. Brandon was just like, dude, it's not worth it. You're going to, the floor closes in like two hours anyways. By the time you get there, I'm like, you know what? I'm doing this. <laughs> so I got on the train by myself. I went into the city, went to Comic-Con. And honestly, if I went with anybody else, they would have slowed me down. It was a great experience. One of the best experiences to go by myself because I had nobody holding me back. I was able to, I'm a small guy. So when I'm in a large crowded room, I go into like a quicksilver mode where I start to beeline and see these openings and gaps that larger people don't see. So I just zoom through everybody at the crowd. I'm like, oh, I'm going to see this, going to see that, going to see that. So I went to like the South Park Comedy Central booth, which you would have enjoyed this. They were doing an escape room. Interesting. Really? Yeah, they were doing an escape room. And if you escaped uh, within the amount of time, you got a member berry. Maybe, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe that time we escaped the escape room. Yeah, uh, apparently the new season ball. is amazing. Yeah, I quite enjoyed the uh, the ending of last night's episode a lot. Yeah, that's what I heard. Some people people <laughs> were like, "Why? How is South Park still on?" And, and it's it's funny because like their whole thing on online is hashtag cancel South Park. It's perfect. But at the end of last night's episode, they changed it to something else. But I'm not gonna. Yeah, don't spoil it because I got to see it. But yeah, this South Park booth, I didn't really get to see it because it's all enclosed because it's an escape room. So, but we didn't get a chance to uh, experience that. But even just the outside of it was, it was like the the, the classroom. Yeah, it was the the hallways. Yeah. And it was at this time that I also got to get around to every booth that I didn't see the day before. So I got to see like the FOCO uh, booth, which FOCO.com, they do a lot of resin figures which is kind of like it resembles a wooden carving of a figure. And they had a lot of prototypes out there. And some of the prototypes that they have, depending on uh, pending um, patent, patent. Pending. yeah, patent pending with the WWE and everything, it's The Rock. They had a Ric Flair statue and a Sasha Banks statue and a John Cena. And the, the Rock one was an actual resin figure. That looked really sick. You know what that rock one reminded me of? Do you remember those old um, thermoses that WWF used to have? I think so. I think I got mine from WWF New York. Yeah. That's what it reminded me of. It was like gigantic. I I could see that. But they also had a ton. Like they had a bunch of Nickelodeon stuff like Ren and Stimpy, SpongeBob, Invader Zim, which was a a New York Comic Con exclusive. They had Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And so many more. Batman, Joker, everything. So go check out Foco.com. Um, you also had the something that caught the eye of me and Brandon when we were walking around was the Mezco, Mezco Toys 
uh, booth. MezcoToys.com. And what they do is it looks like these great figures based on your favorite comics, TV, movie, pop culture icons. And they had their figures. So they had like the Ghostbusters. And behind it, they had a backdrop scene of from Ghostbusters. And it looks so detailed and amazing. They had Popeye, Ash from Evil Dead, Pennywise, the Warriors, um, everything. And then they also had some of the Living Dead dolls that celebrating the 20th anniversary yeah, series. Action figures or statuettes. Yeah. Well, that's what they call it, Living Dead dolls. Oh, rude. Yeah, that's the actual name of them. Um, so that was really cool. And then, yeah, I feel like that was most of, oh no, I missed the biggest thing. So I was running out of time and my time was limited. And I was just like, you know what? I, I see that they're having the New York comic-con Eastern championships of cosplay going on. And that was pres- uh, presented by singer. And I was just like, I really want to go see this. I'm a big I have a big interest in cosplay, and Dave, I have... A, Dave tried uh, to enter? <laughs> yeah, and I, I have a huge uh, admiration for these people that spend so much time, so many months, and put into this artistic, um, I guess, goal of a costume. And so that was just an amazing experience. I ended up having the pleasure the, to get into this. And once I got in, it was unbelievable. It seated a crowd of 3,000, and they had contests. They opened up with a Freddie Mercury cosplayer who lip-synced the entire Bohemian Rhapsody to kind of, like, get everybody uh, going. Um, The two hosts of the entire evening, I guess from all the panels, because they did Boy Meets World panel, too, were amazing. Um, But they had, like, Hawkman, Swamp Thing. They had, like, a... Tormund Giantsbane from Game of Thrones, uh, Wonder Woman, Emil, uh, Fairy Godmother, and so many more. Uh, One of my favorites was Iron Man, and I saw Iron Man up near the press lounge, too. And the Iron Man guy, he had his mechanical – he had – I forgot how many batteries he had in his his cosplaying outfit. But it actually retracted and retracted the shoulders. He had all the lights. Uh, the mask would pop up and pop down. Just really amazing stuff. Um, but everybody should check out the New York Comic Con Eastern Championships if they get a chance to. And they're actually all the winners. They qualified for the 2000, uh, 2019 C2E2 Crown Championships of Cosplay taking place in Chicago, which is the final stop of the Global Championships of Cosplay. So the winners of this competition are going to face off with the ones on the West Coast. And everything's going to just take place in Chicago. One of my favorite moments of the night here was brought to you by Magic Wheelchair. And there was this child, AJ, and his sister, Bla- uh, and his sister who were cosplaying as Blaze and Gabby from Blaze and the Monster Machines. And AJ uh, was in a wheelchair. And what Magic Wheelchair does is they take these uh, c- these children... And they create an amazing costume for them so that they could cosplay at things like this. And what they created was just amazing. Um, It's just really fantastic stuff. You can check out magicwheelchair.org. You can donate, volunteer, or even apply if interested. So go check that out. All right, so on to Sunday. 
Sunday was an, an early day too. Yeah, we uh, we headed out there separately, but basically started together. Uh, went past the the tops card booth. Yeah, that that was a fun way to get started. They had uh, WWE autographed cards on display that uh, were not for sale. Yeah, we did. Well, Brandon did inquire, uh, inquire about it. They they had a Zack Ryder out there. Yeah, but uh, it was kind of, say that again. I was gonna say it was kind of cool because what they had at their booth was a take a card, leave a card. In reality, you, who's bringing well, a card? There. Yeah, but like we asked, oh, bro, she... I bring my cards with me wherever I go. No, 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 no. not it business cards. cards. Even... Yeah, <laughs> like baseball actual, cards, like, wrestling cards, UFC. Yeah. But the woman said, "Oh, you could." Just... I mean, I don't think anybody would be leaving any sort of UFC cards uh, on Sunday after uh, what happened on Saturday night. That's just oh, embarrassing that's for the awful. sport. But I mean, yeah. So the woman said we could just take the card. So yes. I-, I left with a hype bros card. Yeah, I ended up. It yeah, took, uh, Hype Bros card? Come on. <laughs> well, because it was the only one with Ryder, and they didn't have any others. I was looking. I looked at every single card to see if there was one with, like, an event that I went to. But yeah, as far I actually, as I could see, I couldn't. I actually got one with the Hype Bros, too, uh, just because I wanted one with Matt on it. So, And then I actually took one. Later on, I took one, I think, of Steven Souza. I forgot. Um, yeah, I took a, I took a ref. Souza, wasn't he on, oh, on the race? Was he on the race? What's that? Was he on the Rays? Yeah, I believe so. Um, I took a ref, and then, ref Bennett card cool later. Tops, <laughs> what was cool at the Tops thing was that they also had a video, uh, a gaming section where you it, all it was was a game of luck of yeah, click you, and drag. Yeah, you just click the the iPad, you drag it at the home plate, you get a strike, you get a hundred points or whatever. If you get over a thousand points, I believe it was, you get a a a, a prize. Yeah, you can Brand, choose from Brand, a poster, two, one of Brand two posters. Tries. Yeah, I took two tries. Yeah, but but it was perfect because there was no line really. But one of the posters that we were able to get was a Samojo poster. All right, nice. All oh, the trashing you've done of Samojo over the past couple of months. <laughs> yeah, I said yeah, to David, perfect. I was like, why would you not get the Kylo Ren one? Like you trashed Joe on a <laughs> weekly basis. Yeah, I was just like, ah, does it? It's all right. It's all right with me. But it turned uh, out it turned out okay for him in the long run. So, exactly. But after yeah. after that, uh, we went to uh, the gifted panel, yeah. which is an X Men ish show on uh, Fox. Mm-hmm. So they had uh, they had Kobe Bell, Amy Acker, Sean Teal, Emma Dumont, Jamie Chung, and uh, Grace Geely from the show, which was really cool because I I watched. I mean, so uh, so far I think they only have. Uh, three episodes into the second season, but I've, I've watched last season and I've been watching this season. So it was yeah, cool to ne- be there. And I watched Kobe bell from all the way back in the day, watched him on third, third watch. I don't know if you ever heard of that show or not, but I, I've, I've heard of it, but yeah. the funny thing is like they, so they did their entire Q and a session and everything like that, which was, it was cool because I didn't know the show. I'm not too familiar with it. I've heard of it. Always wanted to watch it. Just never has. Never have I had the chance to. So at the end of the Q and A, they showed the first like fifteen minutes. Yeah, they, or were, so. they were doing gimmicks too. They were like, they were like, oh, I think we should show clips in the the show. The what is he, the producer or something? Yeah, or what? Not the producer. I don't know who it was. The the moderator, or whatever, was like, oh no, I don't think we can. And then it, it ended with like the main star like getting up, saying, no, we're going to watch this. That's an order or something like that. 
So I thought that was funny. And I'm Man. sitting there, I'm sitting there trying to like not be spoiled because I, I like to watch shows in full. <laughs> I, 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 and I'm the total opposite because I've never watched, and I'm here. I am starting season two, episode three. So total opposite. And then I ended up going home and watching season two, episode one and two. So I'm caught up, kind of. <laughs> not really. Season one, I have no clue what happens. But it was a really cool panel, and it it was. A nice, really fun experience, and I, I really like that they gave the time to all the fans to ask questions, and it was it was cool. It's a lot of fun. They did mention with all the merger of Disney and X Men and everything like that, how you sh- don't expect any X Men on the Gifted. Well, right now. Well, no, there are X Men on. There are two X Men on the show, basically. Mm-hmm. But any more, I guess. Yeah, shouldn't expect it. Yeah, like I know, like Polaris and Blink. Yeah, which, um, by the way, uh, the the woman that plays Blink is uh, she used to be on the Real World. So yeah, that was a long time that ago. Was, yeah, that was cool to see her in person yeah. too. I used to watch the Real World. World. They haven't had a season <laughs> in quite a bit. Yeah, um, there was so many before we like move on from this there was just so many other things that was going on at comic-con too they had photo kiosk where you could take these pictures they had somewhere you take a 360 picture you had a tap and reserve which is cool the prize towers where you go to each tower and you scan your badge and you can see if you win an autograph panel or merchandise and stuff like that yeah we were um, like right by like the marvel booth when they opened up a signing for for the gifted and yeah. it was just like a, a crowd, like a crowd, like ran over there to, to get online for that. And what was cool with that even was it was a same thing, a swipe, a random, total random swipe, yeah. and you get in. So it was limited to a number of fifty. I think it was fifty. Yeah, it was fifty. And so each person, like if me and Brandon, I'm in first in line, he's in second. I scan my badge and I don't get it. Okay, there's still fifty. Brandon scans his, he gets it. That drops down one. If we but were actually well, like online and you were the one that got it and I didn't, I would have been furious and I, I would have made you <laughs> give me that spot. <laughs> you don't just watch trade badges because you do not watch the show. No, I, I would have. I would have felt guilty. I would have uh, knowing myself, but well, we, we ended we, up getting. What were you going to say? No, I was going to say, around there, we ended up getting, like, the free uh, Walking Dead bags. Oh, yeah. But we and went to, was... uh, they had a food truck sitting in the middle that was giving out three uh, limited edition uh, food items. Yeah. It was a fandom fantasy food truck. And one of the items was, like, a Doctor Who drink. It was, like, orange juice, maybe ginger ale and some, like, tapioca bubbles or whatever. It was, like, a Doctor Who-themed one, mm-hmm. which... Dave and I both agreed that, like, oh, we're just going to get that. I figured it would, like, boost my immune system or whatever, give me some energy because it's, like, orange juice. Which, which, which we obviously uh, both could have used yeah. to boost in our immune system. Two of us waiting online, the next, the first, the person in front of us, oh, you just got the last one. Looks like everyone behind you is going to hate you. <laughs> <laughs> so I got a, a, a She-Ra... Uh, sugar cookie with uh, frosting, and Dave got a mochi. I don't know what the theme of the mochi was, but I'm not too sure either. I forgot what it was, but it actually tasted pretty good. You ever have mochi, Chris? Maybe. 
What? Do you ever have mochi? No. I've heard of it, though. I've heard very good things about it. See, I don't I like... see all those, like, like, um, the Tasty videos. Yeah. You see those on, like, Facebook? The, the, mm-hmm. the like, uh, subsidiary that makes, like, Japanese desserts and stuff like that? Yeah. I, I don't like the, like, I just, it's a weird texture for me, so. Yeah. yeah. No, did I, you guys I, see uh, Mutoid Man rocking out to the jams uh, outside Comic-Con? I did not. Oh. I don't even know what Mutoid Man is. Yeah, of course you won't know Mutoid Man. Mutoid Man's a, a band that I listen to. Uh, it's made up of members of Cave In and Converge and stuff like that. Um, apparently, they had a booth at Comic Con and they brought all of their instruments and they were jamming out to uh, uh, video game songs. Huh. And they got kicked out. And then they were outside of Comic Con still jamming on the songs. They posted a video of them practicing uh, Comic- uh, Sonic uh, Chemical Zone Plant. Which is incredible. It's so well done. That's pretty cool. Me and Brandon actually didn't get too long to uh, explore outside uh, much. Yeah, we were just um, walking the floor. Yeah, some other things on the floor. They had Jelly Belly had a booth too. They were displaying the fifth edition Bean Boozled flavors. I don't care. That, like, unless it's a gummy Venus of Milo, I don't care. <laughs> no, it was dirty dishwater and stink bug. Yeah, which, by the way, like, who in the right mind is sitting there eating, like, oh, let me eat vomit-flavored jelly bellies? <laughs> like, who's doing that? Who's doing that to their kids or whatever? I, I think more the younger fans are, like, pulling pranks on their friends and everything like that. Yeah, Brandon just sent a really cool picture. Uh, but Jelly Belly uh, on two days, I don't know if they were doing anything on one of the other days, but they were doing art displays putting together all the different colored jelly bellies to create a picture. And yeah, on they, one day, they were doing Harry Potter. Yeah, they and, did a whole portrait of, of Harry Potter with, uh, I guess, a school in the background or whatever. Hogwarts. Uh, Hogwarts. Yeah, well, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know if it was actually Hogwarts or not. I never, I've never seen the movie or read the book. So. terrorist. Yeah, and it, it looked really cool. And then on one of the – I don't think Brandon saw it, but on – right? You didn't see Batman? Oh, I did not see Batman, no. Okay. Yeah, I saw one that they did the comic book of Batman, and it looked so cool. I mean, there's so much talent in in just doing that. Uh, I would have never thought to make a picture with Jelly Bellies, but it looks delicious. Looks delicious? What? Yeah, I'd eat it. So we were uh, walking around some more. And, and I was uh, like, I, every Bullet Club shirt I would oh, uh, yeah. too sweet. David made sure to too sweet absolutely everybody wearing yeah. a vigilante club, a villain club, bullet club, American nightmare. Did you, uh, did you see Juan wearing his? Uh, did you guys see no, Juan and Andrew? They, no, they did not no, meet, didn't up meet up with, with us. Them. No. Oh no. no. I, I. But everybody that was wearing a shirt, I would go out of my way to too sweet them. They would be like maybe two people past me, and I'd be like, whoa, 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 too sweet, too sweet, too sweet, too sweet, too sweet, dude, too sweet. Dude, it's like, funny. One time, he, <laughs> one time, Dave like walks through somebody to too sweet the, to to too sweet a guy wearing a Bullet Club T-shirt, and somebody else like was like, "Whoa, whoa, like like what's going on over here?" And like ends up also doing the too sweet, and I don't think he knew what was being done. It was amazing. <laughs> like it was just some random dude that also he goes, "Whoa, I'm gonna do it too." Too All sweet. Right. So a wonderful time. And yeah, we, we, we met, we so met somebody much. that uh, that you might know, maybe not by name. I think his name is Gary Denayer. Nope. He is yeah. uh, the thumbs down guy. 
Yeah. Oh, you met him? Yeah, yeah we met him. Uh, he's fa- he's known for the thumbs down for Todd Frazier's three-run home run for the Yanks versus the Rays at City Field. And uh, now he's thumbs-up guy because Todd Frazier is with the Mets. Oh, what a mark he is for himself. He got, what, did he get himself his own booth? No, no, no. He was just no. walking around. Yeah, he was just walking around. But if you want to get a bobblehead, store.bobbleheadhall.com slash product slash thumbs down guy and thumbs up guy. Uh, thumbs upshirt.com go support him go buy a t-shirt yeah that was amazing midtown comics they had a bunch of vintage uh comics that were vintage comics on sale that looked so cool and then they had like newer comics like they had a stranger things comic over there and spider-man wolverine exclusives uh for comic-con uh midtowncomics.com that was really cool something else that i loved uh, at Comic-Con with Spitfire Labs. So what Spitfire Labs does is they do wood carvings, uh, engravings, using a laser. But what they do is video game-ish or whatever the fandom is. So what they had on display was an NE, an old-school NES controller. And on this controller was a ton of old-school Nintendo stuff. Like you had Punch-Out! represented. You had Duck Hunt. You had uh, Zelda. You had this and that. And it was so cool and detailed. Then they also had like NES, old school NES cartridges. And one of them was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And on the cartridge, they have the actual game. But then inside of the blank space, they have little uh, snippets of the actual video game. And it looks so cool. So www.spitfirelabs.nyc um, at Spitfire underscore labs on Twitter. I think that that was unbelievable. Um, Brandon, did you get to check out the Geico booth? No. All right. So, yeah, the Geico booth, I hope I didn't sign my life away. They took down all of your information just so you can go through and play a few games. Ended up with a uh, beer koozie, stuffed Geico, a shirt. They had a lot of Harry Potter stuff, too. Harry Potter's 20 Years of Magic. There's an Audible and Pottermore publishing uh, experience, and they did a lot of audiobooks. So I don't, Chris knows this more than me, but it was, it's called a Pensieve or something like that, where you access someone's memories and you put it in a vial. And what you do, you walk through this experience and you pick up a vial and you put it down in certain areas and you put down the headphones and then you get to hear an excerpt from the actual book and it's to promote audio books i thought that was really cool and then there was an insight at uh there was another book the insight the art of pop culture booth and they had a pop-up guide of hogwarts that looked insane um yeah there was just so much to cover and this was such a great experience they had a lot of dungeons of dragon stuff re-loved the chevy uh, vehicles they had custom-made Chevy vehicles, Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, the, it was the 25th anniversary, I believe, of the Nightmare Before Christmas. So they had the, the cars all decked out in that. They had Jack and Sally in the front seats. So I thought that was pretty cool. It yeah. Would, it would have been cool if you got to, like, take pictures with them. But, I mean, well, you, you would have to, like, do it through the window. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much what we did, though. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's... And uh, I think uh, the last big thing that we did, as the day winded down, we went to our last panel, which was uh, 
it was what it was basically they they drew live it was Todd McFarlane the co-creator of Spawn and Venom or this creator of Spawn and co-creator of Venom uh it was Mirka Andalfo and Wes Craig and they just they did the panel and uh it was really cool cuz they all they each individually sat there drawing at one point and it was like quick stuff so and and because it was Venom weekend uh Todd yeah. Todd chose to do Venom instead of Spawn so it was really it was really interesting and uh we got to meet Todd McFarlane afterwards yeah and that was that was such a a great experience to do that i mean and this panel though it was like Mirka and uh Andolfo Wes Craig and Todd McFarlane and Wes Craig has his new sci-fi um show coming out called based off of his comic Deadly Class and it was just so cool. And then we got to meet Todd McFarlane after who also, was so also did a bumper. Yeah. Did a bumper, <laughs> took time after everything to meet all of us and was just so, it was incredible to watch him draw venom. I mean, this is a guy who is so well known and to watch him in his artistic skills was unbelievable and a pleasure. Um, before we end the segment though, there is so much, the great thing about Comic-Con is that there's always something for you to do. Whether you're a fan of one thing or a fan of the other thing, there's so much to do there. They had the Impractical Jokers on a panel. You had Star Talk with Neil deGrasse Tyson. You had like a Lewis and Clark uh, reunion, Netflix move, uh, and chill stuff. It's Lois. Uh, Lois, sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's Superman, Mar- dude. I know. You had Marvel's Runaway. You had The Walking Dead, Daredevil, Riverdale, Gotham. Doctor Who, um, a panel I didn't get to see, but I wanted to, was cosplaying disabilities, where they inco- uh, it was incorporating diversity and accessibility into costumes. Um, something I don't know if Brandon's aware of, but they had DreamWorks, Three Below, The Tales of Arcadia, Netflix original series, which at Comic-Con they had a surprise appearance of Glenn Close. Um, but yeah, this was an amazing experience that everyone Everyone should go check out Comic Con at some point in their uh, in the future, and it was amazing to cover. Yeah. So, so now, as Chris alluded to earlier, we uh, did an interview with Michael Kingston from the Headlocked comic series. So please enjoy that. This is Dave and Brandon, and we are here at Comic Con, New York City. This is day. For the final day of Comic-Con, we're actually here with Michael Kingston, writer of Headlocked and uh, creator. And tell us a little bit about Headlocked. How did you get this idea? So I've been a fan of wrestling and comics my whole life, probably since I was about eight years old. And uh, they never made any good wrestling comics. You know, I would buy wrestling comics when they came out and they were always like Undertaker fighting demons or... You know, it was just wrestlers doing things other than wrestling. Like, there were comic books with wrestlers in them, but there was never a comic book about wrestling. So, at some point, it kind of occurred to me that nobody was going to make the wrestling comic that I wanted to read. So, I came, decided to make my own. I came up with the idea of Headlocked, which is a uh, story of a uh, theater major in college who sort of unexpectedly falls in love with wrestling. And he quits school, and it's his sort of journey through the wrestling business, starting on, like, day zero and all the things that sort of go into uh, becoming a wrestler. Now, being not a pro wrestler or anything like that, 
you have a lot of pro wrestlers working on this and collaborating with you on the projects. Who are some of the people and what have they been doing with the projects? Um, yeah, we've had about 30 different wrestlers com uh, contribute. Uh, obviously, the big one is the Jerry the King Lawler does the covers to the books. Um, but we've also had uh, we've had short stories that I've collaborated with, with Ric Flair, Mick Foley, Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, uh, Cody Rhodes, Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, MVP, Rob Van Dam, uh, John Morrison, Christopher Daniels, Frankie Kazarian. I mean, I, mean, I know I'm leaving some out, um, but uh, Booker T's contributed a piece of art to the book. Ken Anderson did a piece of art. Tugboat's done a piece of art for the book. Uh, it's really interesting to see what kind of guys have, uh, you know, all these guys are natural storytellers and artists at heart just by what they do, and maybe they weren't considered that, but uh, it's cool to see what other sorts of... Uh, artistic talents they bring to the table yeah you're definitely providing that outlet for them as well um when you were growing up what is your fondest memory of pro wrestling i used to love going to the matches with my grandmother and uh it's funny everybody's uh everybody tells a story about how their grandparents got them into wrestling well i got my grandmother into wrestling she was a big hillbilly gym fan and a big georgia animal steel fan and uh you know i would take her to the shows and she would go nuts um and uh, it was super fun. Like, that's probably uh, the thing that I love most about wrestling or the, my fondest, fondest memories were just going to the shows with my family and my cousins and stuff and, you know, hooting and hollering at everybody and all of that. So, good time. What got you hooked in the first place? So, uh, George Animal Steel was the guy that, that stopped me from flipping the channel. Um, it was the very first Saturday Night's main event, and uh, it was uh, Iron Sheik, Nikolai Volkov, and George Animal Steel against Ricky Steamboat, Mike Rotunda, and Barry Windham. And I'd never seen anything like George Animal Steel in my life. You know, he's this big dude with a big roll on his neck and bought all this body hair and whatever. Unfortunately, little did I know that that was going to be my future as a, as a human. Um, but, uh, you know, everything but the tongue. But, uh, you know, I... I think and that, the turnbuckle. Yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, I eat a lot. I just haven't eaten turnbuckle yet. But uh, yeah, I, I, I think that that's the thing that you need, like, to get hooked on something. You know, when I first got into comics, there was a, uh, a Captain America versus Spider-Man cover, and as a kid, like, I knew both Captain America and Spider-Man who they were, and that they were good guys, and they were fighting, and I was like, what's going on? And then I bought that book, and then I got me hooked on comics. Like, you need that thing that makes you stop turning the channel or makes you stop and pick it up to that generates that uh that sort of inquisitiveness and uh, i think we do that with our covers we do the norman rockwell covers and people look at it like wrestling norman rockwell what's going on you know and that's uh but i think that's the thing that you got to have and georgie animal steel totally did that for me that's that's pretty great so overall i know right now we have evolution coming up do you have a female character in the comic book at all or not yet Yes, we do. Uh, there's a there's a girl. Uh, her name's Crystal, and she's she's wrestling sort of for the you know our where our story is right now. We're in sort of what's called the last territory, and it's the last regional territory in the country. It's in southern Texas, and the main sort of WWE style fed in this company doesn't have women's wrestling, and she's trying to bring women's wrestling back. So she's one of the few women. She's the only woman wrestler in the group, and she's training with the guys and whatnot. Um, and uh, she's uh, sort of low-key the real hero of the story because Mike can be kind of a baby, uh, Mike Hartman, the main character. And uh, so she's probably, to me, like the real, sort of the toughest person in the book. Do you draw inspiration from yourself 
for the main character? Yeah, a little bit. Um, I think anybody that has a dream, uh, no matter what it is, like goes through the same sort of emotional journey. Uh, you know, you go through sort of you know a roller coaster of elation and self doubt and despair and whatnot. You know, whether you've got a you know a guitar and you're walking around in Nashville, whether you're walking around in LA with your headshots, you know, whether you're trying to make the varsity football team. Everybody's got that same sort of emotional journey, and I had that trying to get headlock going, you know. So there is a lot of that part of it in uh, in the book, and sort of, you know, I grew up somewhat of a, a sheltered kid. I grew up in a smaller town and uh, in a small school, you know, predominantly white and uh, you know lower middle class, and then you know sort of venturing out into the world. Like you see how different things are. Like you know, you sort of live in this one one way your whole life and then you sort of go out into the world and you're like holy cow look at all this stuff and I think you know there's an element of that to Mike as well I think um, I just think that uh, you know in terms of the wrestling stuff you know I I talked to a lot of guys and uh, I took some bumps when I decided I was gonna write the book it's kind of funny it's a funny story but I these guys hit me up on uh, back in the day it was MySpace when I started this and they were like hey listen we like comics we like wrestling we really want you to do this right so why don't you come work out with us in the ring and I'm like sure so I, I drove like six hours to work out in a ring with three total strangers now in my head I'm like man that could have gone really bad you know <laughs> but it didn't it was great and the guys were all awesome and uh, yeah it was pretty neat but uh, it, it really could have been a you know, really good a Danish experience. I kind of got stretched and beat up and yeah. whatever, but uh, everybody's been really good to me. I've been really, really lucky. You know, I mean, obviously I work really hard, but a lot of people have been really, really good to me. And that's really awesome that these wrestlers did take you in under kind of uh, under their cape a little bit to kind of show you the ropes here and there, to introduce you a little bit. So with your storylines, how far in advance do you have to create your storylines? And when is it time to start the publishing process? So we we, uh, we fund our stuff through Kickstarter. So we basically write it five chapters at a time. Then we do another Kickstarter. And then we do five more chapters. Um, as far as the main headlock story, the side stories I'm always working on. Um, I'm working on a script with Mustafa Ali right now. And I'm working on a script with Jack Sexsmith from Progress. I'm working on a script with Tommy Dreamer. Um, so those are, uh, those that we just, we put, we put them out through WrestleCrate. Eventually I'll collect them into a trade when I have enough. Um, but I have a ton of guys that want to do stories with me, and it's just a matter of finding the time because mm-hmm. my life is so overscheduled. And how long does that take? So if they come to you with a storyline, how does it, how long does it take to write that entire completed comic book? It really depends. I mean, honestly, um, some stories take longer than others. Like the story I did with Shane Helms, um, we actually have a motion comic up about it or of it on our YouTube channel at Headlock Comic, but. Uh, I wrote that, honestly, I wrote that story in about 25 minutes. Um, this is a six-page story. You know, some of the other stories take longer. It's, it depends on what they give you. Um, and it depends. You know, some, some guys come up with an idea that's really almost too big to put into six pages, and then you have to sort of condense it down and figure out how to get where you want to go, maybe in a different way, and then go back to them and be like, hey, how about we do this? And it really, it really just depends. on the, Every collaboration is different. Um, they're all fun and they're all great, but every one of them is different. Um, you know, I sat down and just, you know, over drinks with Ric Flair and sort of, you know, hashed out an idea and he was cool with everything, you know. Mm-hmm. Some people, you know, uh, Chris Daniels wrote a full script. Frankie Kazarian wrote a full script. Um, you know, Mick Foley wrote like a giant prose story that we had to condense down. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a different collaboration with everybody. 
Well, talking about being limited on time, we know that you are extremely busy here at the Headlock booth at Comic-Con, and the lines are always insane, so I know that you have a lot to do. Where could all the listeners find you? Uh, all of our stuff is on uh, social media. It's Headlock Comic, one word. Um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, I have a Snapchat, but I don't know. I think I'm too old for it. I don't really, I don't really use it well. Um, and then uh, we just uh, started. Uh, we have a YouTube channel. We've had it for a while. We haven't really done a ton with it, but I just started a uh, food-based travelogue. It's kind of like being the elite with a lot of carbs. Um, but it's called uh, Comics, Cosplay, and Carbohydrates. And it's sort of uh, the, the fun we do at the shows, the fun we have at the shows. Um, we do little skits with different guys and, uh, you know, and then where we end up eating. Uh, it's one of the things that people sort of that follow me on social media. I'm sort of half famous for comics and half famous for the places that I eat. So we try to find, uh, you know, we've, we've recorded some of that stuff. And so what is, what's the best place you've eaten? Ever? Yeah. If I was going to the electric chair, I'd go to Stroud's in Kansas City for fried chicken. It's okay. uh, the single best thing probably I've ever had. Before we wrap it up, what is uh, some really good advice you would give to anybody else out there that's listening and that's thinking, wow, you know, he's doing something great with writing comics based on pro wrestling. Anybody else in the future? Because right now you are a rarity. Not too many people are doing what you are doing. What would you? What would your advice be for those children or and adults listening? I just think, like, especially now in this day and age, like, everybody thinks that they need somebody to get somewhere. You know, when I started out, like, I thought I needed comics, and I didn't need comics. Like, I did it myself. Like, I didn't put my book through comic stores. I didn't get covered by comic book media. Like, I figured it out myself. I sold my book out of my backpack at wrestling shows. You know, I used Kickstarters. I sell my book off my website. Um, You know, I found different ways around it because, you know, people in comics the comics publishers weren't interested in wrestling comics you know now everybody's interested in wrestling comics after we sort of cleared away the rocks out of the campground so to speak and that's fine but you know you don't need anybody like you can teach yourself to do anything you know if you don't have the money to afford a letter you can teach yourself how to letter you know what i mean you can teach yourself coloring i mean there's there's so many avenues with short run printers 3d printers like anything you want to do you can do on your own um i mean the young bucks made a they sold out 11,000 seat arena off of a 10 minute YouTube channel. You know, like it's never been easier for you to do what you do. Don't wait for somebody, figure it out. But don't think that you know everything either, like learn how to do it right. Like that's the one thing that I see is people that are overconfident about what they have, like their skills. Like cause you might be like upper mid card, but like if you want to compete with professionals, you got to produce a professional product. I would put my book up against any book on the shelf, anywhere, anytime, and I feel good about that. So. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, you're good. No worries. No worries. <laughs> um, so that was Trish and Lita just walking through. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so I just think, you know, I've seen people, you know, show me pitches of, like, you know, sort of half poorly drawn ideas or, you know, poorly thought out ideas and stuff. Like, you got to bring your A game, like... You gotta, you gotta have, you gotta, you're competing with everything. You're competing with Netflix, you're competing with Hulu, you're competing with cat videos on YouTube. You know what I mean? Like everything out there, everybody out there is vying for people's time. So, you know, you gotta, you gotta put together the best thing that you can put together. So, never stop learning, but never stop believing in yourself. It sounds hokey, but. No, that's some really great advice that I'm sure every, a lot of our listeners listening, are going to be able to hold into and pull into their own lives. 
thank you so much for your time. Congratulations with all of this success with your comic book. We look forward to seeing your comic book just expand even larger than it has already because we know it will. And uh, congratulations. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day. Hey, man. Thanks so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 401. I really do hope you enjoyed that interview that we did with Michael Kingston from Headlock Comic. Um, I guess technically yeah. Trish and Lita were kind of on the podcast too, so thank, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, uh, thank you, Trish and Lita. I mean, heading into evolution, I don't know if there's anybody really better to uh, have on our podcast to represent that, but... I wish, I wish it was in a uh, different format, but yeah, but even still, it was a pleasure to have Mike Kingston on the podcast and find out a little bit of the back backstory of headlock and, um, yeah, go support him at the booth. He had Lita besides Lita and, and Trish. He also had Christian, Jerry Lawler and sting there. Um, but go check out headlockcomic.com and on Twitter at headlock comic and, uh, go support him and they have a shop on ProWrestlingTees.com that you should buy all of their t-shirts on as well. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, Chris is having some internet issues, maybe. and uh, But we're going we're gonna to power through this and go to the pay-per-view that took place uh, early, early, early Saturday morning, all the way from Melbourne, Australia, at the Melbourne Cricket Ground. Um, aired at 5 a.m. I thought I was going to wake up and do it, but then... Uh, I think I end up just going to sleep right before it. Actually, I, that's what that's what happened. I, I was gonna stay up for it, and literally, probably, I looked at the clock, four fifty-five, and I was just done. I was out. So yeah, I, I don't even know how you could have entertained the thought of uh, doing that. Yeah, but I uh, I quite enjoyed this event as a whole. Um, it kicked off with the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. The New Day, Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods defending those titles against the bar and uh, successfully retaining them. Um, I would have been kind of disappointed if the bar won. Nah, I feel like the New Day should have won. It would have been cool for the bar to win, but I'm fine with the outcome. Yeah. I'm fine with it. Up next, next up, for you had the, the SmackDown Women's Championship. You had Charlotte Flair defeating Becky Lynch via disqualification. So Becky Lynch retains the title. She ended up, uh, she was locked in the figure eight, and she used the title on Charlotte's knee. Yeah, kind of like whipping her with the belt. Yeah. Now, you didn't like the ending? Well, I mean, Charlotte clearly missed the spot, but yeah. whatever. It just yeah, sucks that it's yep. like continues on and on and on and on, but yeah, it's like the that song from uh, yeah, Lamb Chop. Yeah, Lamb Chop. Yeah, but I mean, what can you do? Uh, next up, you had Bobby Lashley and John Cena pick up the victory over Elias and Kevin Owens. Uh, my my sixth, least favorite match of the night. Yeah, the sixth move of Doom becoming the finisher now. So basically, it was Bobby Lashley in the whole match, and then Cena gets tagged in and does the the six minute thing and wins it. So uh, next up, you had the Iconics representing Australia defeat Oscar and Naomi. I enjoyed getting to see the Iconics pick up a victory here. I liked watching um, WWE.com posted clips of 
Peyton and Billy Kay watching their family and relatives watching them wrestle. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was cool. I think uh, Billy Kay might have said that for the first time, her family have gotten to see see her wrestle. I, I think she also had said that she met her nephew that day for the first time because she's always they're always here in, in the United States, and WWE yeah, doesn't really travel to Australia so often. So, yeah, it was really a cool moment for them, and even for the crowd when they picked up that victory. I mean. And they, they put on a great match, and I love the way that they were selling the moves as well. Yeah. Um, up next. Uh, next up, you had a WWE title on the line. No count out, no disqualification match. AJ Styles picking up the victory over Samoa Joe. Uh, Samoa Joe injuring that left knee. Yeah, I liked uh, AJ nice. Styles definitely using the 450, the springboard 450 to his advantage to do it right onto Samoa Joe's knee. Um, but yes, AJ Styles picked up the victory here, retaining yeah, calf, the championship. Calf crusher, which was uh, fitting for the leg injury. Which, aside from the main event, this was the longest match, and I was just like, oh, end, please end. Which <laughs> yeah. sucks. I, I don't want to feel like that when I watch wrestling. So I know. Next up, you had Ronda Rousey and the Bella Twins picking up the victory over the Riot Squad. I. Uh, I'm confused with the way that everything ends up happening. Because Natalia wasn't actually uh, involved in this story. Uh, I'm confused by that. I'm confused by the heel turn. That was um, that wasn't then. I know, I know, it wasn't then. But I'm just confused and overall with it. Um, anything else about well, that? C- confused how? With why? Oh well. Uh, yeah. So I thought uh, again. Ronda Rousey is like, I, I hate when she panders to the crowd like, oh, do you want to see this? I, I still I hate that. But overall, I think she she put in a great match here. Uh, next for the WWE Cruiserweight Championship, Buddy Murphy successfully uh, winning the championship from Cedric Alexander. Didn't expect, I said it last week, can they really have two hometowns go over in the same card? Uh, and thankfully yeah. they did. Buddy yeah, Murphy didn't think it was champion. Didn't think it was possible, but yeah, killer, killer match. Uh, both men are awesome, and everybody needs to watch Two Hundred Five Live. Yeah, very very happy by the outcome as well. Uh, next you had the uh, tag team match. You had this Shield picking up the victory over Braun Strowman, Ziggler, and McIntyre. During the match, you had Reigns hitting Ambrose by accident. Yeah. But Definitely that's really all I took out of it. It helped fuel the fire. The fire, that doesn't make sense to me either. Yeah, you're, yes, me, same here. <laughs> Up next was for the number one contendership for the WWE Championship, Daniel Bryan picking up the victory over The Miz in two minutes and, what, 20 seconds or something? Uh, two twenty-five. Uh, if you blinked, you missed this match. I didn't get it. I guess maybe they were gonna. Like, I, I have no idea. I don't get it. I, I yeah. Not, I just. I didn't get to. I didn't get a chance to enjoy this match. I feel like I was robbed of a good match. Yeah, but maybe we'll see that come full circle. Maybe uh, Daniel Bryan will beat AJ for the title or something, or Miz will somehow 
beat AJ for the title, and then uh, further down the line, Miz versus Debray at WrestleMania or something. I don't know. Who knows? But the main event was... Uh, I, I don't even remember this becoming or being a no-holds-barred match. But... Uh, or a no-disqualification match, I'm sorry. But for some reason, it got turned into that. It might have been that from the start. I just don't remember. The only thing I remember was was one last time or last time ever. Yeah. Um, but maybe it was a no-DQ match the whole time. Uh, it was Triple H with Shawn Michaels defeating The Undertaker with Kane. Uh, it's the right outcome, in my opinion. Uh, afterwards, they kind of did like the click curtain call thing where they all celebrated and then Undertaker did that like head turn to Triple H where it's like, uh-oh, something's about to go down. And uh, him and Undertaker, uh, him and Kane attacked D-Generation X and it basically leads right into Monday Night Raw. Yeah. Uh, Which, by the I, way, I got to say, during that... Uh, the cruiserweight match, the the Mikinoku driver from the Michinoku driver, I should say. Mm-hmm. I think from the the second rope, maybe. Interesting. I think yeah. if I'm remembering correctly, I think that's what happened. I popped for that. Yeah. But yeah, that's the that's the pay per view. That's the um, pay per view. We have another one in two weeks, and then maybe a few a week after that or so. But Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Nitro. Opening it up with Triple H and Shawn Michaels cutting a promo on the Brothers of Destruction. And uh, it ends with them ripping open their shirts. Triple H before that, are you ready? I know I'm not talking to Shawn Michaels because I know he's ready. I'm talking to the Brothers of Destruction. Are you ready? I'm over here shaking my head being like, you didn't want to do your voice like any of that. Yeah, well, that's not the same voice. I could attempt the Monday Night Nitro voice, but... Nah, it's not worth it right now. <laughs> but You're yeah, sick, but... DX is yeah, back. DX. Their theme song played. They unveiled new D-Generation X t-shirts. Uh, Shawn Michaels is officially out of retirement, which... Uh, it's like... I, I don't know how to feel about it. Like, it's cool, but it's still, at the same time, it's like, it's not necessary. And I think maybe it's just happening because they're trying to outdo themselves with this crown jewel pay-per-view, maybe. That's the only thing I could imagine is that they're trying to bring out all of these people for... Like maybe Saudi Arabia is stuck in 2007 or something, 2006. I don't know. You have other people on the card from that era as well, so... Yeah, I really think that the only reason that they bring them back is because these fans haven't had the opportunity to see these people. But I hate the fact that uh, we're catering. I mean, the guy asked for Ultimate Warrior and Yokozuna last time. Yeah, but I mean, I don't think that people should be, the the business should be catering to them to take out people off of retirement. I mean, please, if you retire, that's it. That's it. Like, you're done. But it you don't seems, have to come back out. It Many- seems like those rumors of Shawn Michaels versus Undertaker at WrestleMania 35 might be true as well. So who knows? Uh. Yeah. It's like, it's I, I hate WWE. Oh, last time ever. End of an error at WrestleMania 28. 
last time ever at, at the, the Super Showdown. And the and most, it's not the most. No, the most frustrating thing is that you're not taking them out of retirement to face someone that has years left. Exactly. You're not taking HBK it, out of yeah, retirement sh- to face Daniel Bryan. Right. That's like uh, the biggest match you could possibly have. He trained him. Like, that's where it just doesn't make sense to me. If you're taking someone out of retirement, don't put them in a match that you, that as you said before, that you had that entire realm of the last one ever and all of this, never again. And then you're doing similar stuff. Have Daniel Bryan versus HBK. Have whoever you can think of versus Undertaker. Have Braun versus Undertaker. Something that we've been, I've been pushing for a long time. And there was many times where we thought that we were going to have it between Undertaker and Braun. And then it just, like, it was during that entire thing with Lesnar where Braun steps out of the ring after Undertaker stares at him. Yeah. And nothing happens. Have Undertaker wrestle Sting. Right? (laughs) Exactly. I mean, maybe. I don't know. (laughs) I mean, that kind of goes hypocritical with what I was just saying, but... I I mean, it's a match everybody wanted to see, like, 20 years ago, but... Yeah. Uh, but the first match of the evening, we saw Bobby Lashley with Leo Rush in his corner defeat Kevin Owens. Uh, Leo Rush but, on the mic, too. Yeah, Leo Rush during the match uh, on the microphone was cool. Um, Kevin Owens got injured during this. And he might be out for quite a long time, unfortunately. I'm not too sure where. Uh, yeah, I think, I, I, I don't know. I guess it's a shoulder and a knee injury, maybe. But uh, the the big main takeaway from this is that Bobby Lashley turned heel and and Kevin Owens inadvertently inadvertently I should say turned face. So yeah, I mean it's good. It gives Bobby Lashley more of a character because I mean we said week after week after week since he returned that he was literally doing nothing, and then they added yeah. Leo Rush, which was a heel manager. Managing a face person, it just didn't make sense. But now, finally, thank you for turning Bobby Lashley heel. Yeah. Up next, something that didn't make sense. You had Elias perform only to be interrupted by Ronda Rousey for her match. I don't get why they keep doing stuff like that. It just It's pointless to me. But, I'm, uh, I'm on your side. I totally am, and it gets frustrating. The next match was Ronda Rousey and the Bella Twins facing the Riot Squad in a rematch from Super Showdown. The Bella Twins, Dave alluded to it earlier, attacked Ronda Rousey after the match, which I want to say thank God. It gives people something to boo them for now. I go back and forth. Look, it it was always rumored that we were going to get Nikki Bella versus Ronda Rousey for the championship at Evolution. So now it just, now it makes sense. Where Brie fits into the pay-per-view, I think we'll have to find out. Um, but the Bella Twins basically just laid Rousey out. She she tried to fight back, but she could not do it. I thought it was kind of dumb because natalia for weeks even on total divas oh i'm, I'm getting a thing a, a chance to work with ronda rousey it's so great on television i'm her best friend basically i've trained with ronda rousey but where was natalia mm-hmm. she was nowhere to be found during this segment I, is I she injured maybe, or something or no i 
I think they had just said she was backstage taking photos or something with Trish. Maybe. I mean, I, I really don't understand it either with In the all same that. sense where it's like if they did have Natty go out there and help Rousey, then she gets written into that storyline. And the storyline that they want right now, as, as far as I can see or tell, is, is Nikki versus Rousey. But so, I like I get... said, we don't know where Brie fits into it. Maybe Natty does fit in somehow. I don't know if she will, but... I think a while ago, Natty had to turn on Rousey. Yeah, well... I mean... That, that wouldn't have done anything. No, but I think it could have built up time with this or... I don't know, but... Whatever. Next up, you had Bailey and Finn Balor pick up the victory over Alicia Fox and Jinder Mahal. Yeah, standard mixed tag match for the most part. Uh, I, I like the uh, the mixed tag double team moves that they did, where uh, Balor picked Bailey up and she kicked, kind of like a battering ram almost into uh, Fox and Jinder, and then she did the uh, she did a Harakarana to to Jinder Mahal too. Yeah, I, I like that aspect to it. Uh, up next. Baron Corbin made a global battle royal for a spot in the Crown Jewel World Cup. So you had a bunch of different gimmicks here, as well as Baron Corbin. Um, should we go through the names of the gimmicks or no? Uh, nah. Uh, the, the the main name to go through is the Conquistador, one of the one of Los Conquistadors. Uh. Edge and Christian made them more relevant to the Attitude Era. Mm-hmm. Um, but as soon as I and saw he... the Conquistador, I was like, oh, damn, I wonder who's going to be under that. I was like, I'm just, I hope it's not Jason Jordan. I don't think it's his body type. And then Man, somebody. He was just, he was out there the entire time, just not in the match. Yeah. And then even more so when he like went under the rope, I was like, oh, there's definitely somebody there. And somebody tweeted to us saying it's probably Kurt Angle. I'm like, oh, that makes tons of sense. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so Baron Corbin thought he won the match. And uh, Los Conquistador, we'll say number one, came back in the ring and eliminated Baron Corbin to win. And then unmasked yeah. to be Kurt Angle. But Angle as the Conquistador, man, the moves he was doing, like the, the lucha taunts and everything, like the rolling and... Yeah, he was hitting him with the multiple German suplexes and the angle slam too, though. Yeah, but like so the, right the from there. but like the lucha aspect of what he was doing was I was really <laughs> impressed with. Yeah. Uh, so he's in the tournament. John Cena, they announced, didn't have to qualify. He's just in it. So as of now, that the standing at that moment is two people from America in the World Cup in Saudi yeah, it makes, Arabia. Makes sense that uh, Cena's just in it. <laughs> uh, well, he is John Cena, so of, maybe of maybe Hulk Hogan won't have to <laughs> get his, win a spot either. <laughs> maybe. So. Uh, next up, you had Ember Moon pick up the victory over Nia Jax by countout. This was a, ended by a nasty hit. Nia Jax hitting the side of the ring. Yeah, it was a countout victory, but I I just I didn't get this match at all. Me neither. I mean, they were just tagging with each other. Like, what did it accomplish? They're friends or whatever. I think they hugged or shook hands afterwards. It's just like, I I just, I think they might have done it just so they could say, I think there were four women segments on Raw. Maybe. Maybe. 
So I think maybe that's why they like did that. I don't know, but speaking of, speaking of women's segments, you had Trish Stratus out next speaking about Alexa Bliss, only to be cut off by Alexa Bliss and Mickey James, who um, Trish challenged them to get into the ring, and then introduced Lita, which is weird that like to see both of them at Monday Night Raw literally the next day when we had just seen them at Comic Con. I thought it was weird. You know, headlocked. It's all headlocked. Yeah. They started it. <laughs> so uh, so they all, they brawled, and uh, their singles matches, it was supposed to be Mickey James versus Lita and Alexa Bliss versus Trish Stratus. It's now Trish and Lita versus Mickey and Alexa Bliss. I guess it, Alexa Bliss is still injured. It, it wasn't it shown, it was said for a long time that this was supposed to be the match. Oh, I didn't know that or, or like there was something like that where this was supposed to be the match and i saw some like disputes on twitter but i wasn't too sure the i wasn't really understanding it much i don't know but, i know as soon as they announced this pay-per-view they were like oh it should be trish versus sasha banks blah 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 like well, i mean yeah. when they announced bliss versus trish or whatever but uh i guess alexa bliss is injured so it'll give more longevity to the match as a tag as opposed yeah. to singles, so exactly. Hopefully, this hopefully way, Alexa it, Bliss is all good. Yeah, and this way it allows Alexa Bliss just in case she could uh, remain out on the apron a little bit longer than maybe if she was a if it was a solo match. Yeah. So next up, you had Bobby Roode and Chad Gable pick up the victory over the Ascension. Yeah, Chad Gable tagged himself in in the last minute, kind of like uh, throwing off Bobby Roode and uh, hit the the stalling, the rolling German suplex and uh, won. But Authors of Pain came out and destroyed both teams afterwards. And commentary posed the question, who will stop the Authors of Pain? I think that's a hard question to answer. I, I really, I, I don't know who could, who could stop them. Oh. Who could it be now? Like, people were like, oh, the Shield, but, like, realistically, that just doesn't make sense. Yeah, I mean, especially because you have everything with the potential breaking up right now. Uh, it's like the yeah, only I, thing that makes sense is is uh, War Raiders, and even that doesn't really make sense. Yeah, every, te- every team I could think of is really on SmackDown. I think Authors of Pain, really, you shouldn't stop them yet. You should let them run wild and take apart everyone. Buy time for uh, Warhammer or Warhammer. War, War Raider. War Ooh, Raiders. Pete Rosenberg. <laughs> <laughs> War Raiders. I, I think that they should buy time for them and let Authors of Pain just, just go crazy on the on the tag team roster. Up next, you had Paul Heyman come out, cut a promo uh, about Brock Lesnar, saying he's not there, even though... Uh, Corey Graves, you accidentally, I think, heard him question whether or not Lesnar was there. Definitely weren't supposed to hear that. But uh, <laughs> basically about him being dual champion in WWE as well as UFC. Uh, not really looking forward to the match at Crown Jewel. No, I... No. <laughs> uh, but the main event, you saw the Dogs of War defeating the Shield... Uh, at one point, it looked like Dean Ambrose was going to, like, join the Dogs of War, but then he didn't. Uh, however, after they won the match, Ambrose walked off. 
He left. What? He left. Yeah. Roman Reigns and and Seth Rollins in the match uh, in the ring by himself. I I, don't, I I I don't get it. Why we've seen this many times with Dean Ambrose with Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins, where after the match, Dean Ambrose will just walk off and then starts the feud. Yeah. And it know. just doesn't make sense to me that you finally have the Shield, all three of them back together as a core group. The last time that you tried to do this, one of them or two of them got injured, so you couldn't do it anymore. And now that you have them, all three of them, uninjured, you put them back together, and after a short period of time, now you want to break them up again? It's like, I, I really don't understand why you're trying to break them up. If You finally have all three of them not injured. Keep them together for a little bit of time. But what do I know? I'm just a fan. Yeah. Uh, moving on to SmackDown, the first match opening up uh, kind of hot. Becky Lynch retaining the championship uh, only because it went to a double con- countout between her and Charlotte Flair. Uh, and Charlotte ended up spearing Becky through the LED board, kind of uh, Rhino and Y2J back in 99-ish. I was going to make that reference too, so that's cool that you caught on to that. Uh, yeah, it definitely went back to there and kind of fitting since... Which, like, maybe... Week. Well, maybe with SmackDown 1000, they're going to have a new set, so maybe it was kind of like oh. pay- paying homage to that moment because as soon as that happened... In 1999, they came back with a new set with the, I believe they had the fist and everything then. That's interesting. I didn't think about that sort of an aspect. That is very possible. Yeah. So That's very possible. I thought that this spot was very cool. The one thing that I didn't like about it was right after it happened, they mentioned, like, it may have been during that segment, they mentioned, we're being told that Charlotte Flair is okay and that she's going to still compete after the, after SmackDown and Mix, Mix Match Challenge. I'm like thinking, I'm like, wait, why are you making this known? Well, I mean, because she like actually got injured. Yeah, but why? Got, are we... I think she got really lucky. She like busted open her arm. Oh, really? Yeah. I think I her arm and her wrist. I didn't know if she you, actually you, got. Yeah, if you go, if you go uh, watch the match she had later on, she's taped up on her, her thing around her wrist and her like upper arm almost. Was she actually bleeding? Yeah. There was blood all over her hand. I didn't see, but, but even I, I didn't understand why you were going to make that announcement. Let it be surprised. If anything, I think, I don't know. I have no problem with them making that announcement. Oh, but they, uh, they also they announced the that, uh, Becky Lynch and Charlotte will be taking each other on, for the championship at Evolution in the first ever last women's standing match. Um, they also had on Ride Along Becky and Charlotte in an episode, and Ric Flair called at one point and said that they wanted him for Evolution. Huh. Even though he, and, and he's like, oh, I don't like Long Island. Long Island sucks or whatever. <laughs> but. I really hope that doesn't mean Charlotte is winning the title at Evolution. Yeah, I hope not. I really, really hope not. I hope not. Uh, but next, next though, up, you had the WWE World Cup Tournament qualifying match. Jeff Hardy picked up the victory over Samoa Joe by rough stoppage. Yeah, Joe, uh, not Joe, Jeff Hardy worked 
Samoa Joe's injured leg from Super Showdown, which I thought was good to uh, continue that. Um, and he just just absolutely worked it over until Joe couldn't walk. Yeah, and this stems from that injury from... Uh, AJ. Yeah, Sunday. Uh, Saturday. Saturday, Saturday. Uh, next up, you had The Miz TV with AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan. Which I thought was funny. He tried to uh, kind of turn them on each other, but... Did not work. Yeah, they, they ended up both making fun of uh, Miz at the same time. Yeah, it really... It was a really hilarious segment, and I I would love a, a triple threat match between the three of them. But Miz, um, Miz introduced AJ Styles' opponent for SmackDown, which was Shelton Benjamin. Non-title matchup. Which I like. I wish they let Shelton do things he's capable of. Yeah. Like I'm not saying this talented. match wasn't enjoyable, but like Shelton versus AJ Styles could be something so much more than what we saw. Like I think Shelton could be and could have been WWE champion at one point. Yeah. So hopefully we'll see that. Maybe. Uh, I don't. Think we, I, I don't think we will. But yeah, it's a big stretch. I don't think we we will see that. But if they uh, let him do the matches and everything, how he we know he can work, man. They'd be putting on five star matches every week. Yeah. Well, talking about watching stuff more. One night in Milwaukee aired a little bit. The director's cut version. Uh. Aiden English showing a little bit more of the video clip where Lana is telling Aiden English how much Rusev means to uh, how much Aiden English means to Rusev, and then it gets a little bit awkward where English maybe go coming on to Lana, or perceived as coming on to Lana, and then the clip cuts. But yeah, they yeah. Went, they went with the hacker gimmick. I was gonna, yeah. They went with the hacker gimmick, with the Russian hacker gimmick, and the the clip played more and more. And Aiden English went to kiss Lana. She said, "No, I'm with Rusev," and then she walked out. But the main question here: Why did it? Why did Lana not tell Rusev? Why did she never tell Rusev of this moment? Maybe she wanted to sabotage. What's the end game of this? It didn't make sense, dude. But Rusev and Aiden English brawled a little bit, and then uh, that was it. Yeah, that was that was it. And it's unfortunate that it has come to that, because I would love to see Rusev Day back together. That's all Aiden English wow. wanted, too. Yeah, well, that's not going to happen. But nope, not the, right the now. The main event of SmackDown was also a World Cup qualifying match. Randy Orton defeated the returning Big Show. Uh, I was definitely pulling for Big Show here. Uh, I thought for sure, because uh, it's going to be the Saudi Arabian show, that, or is that, can we say Saudi Arabian? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I I know. It's a weird, weird time right now with with all of that. No, I'm just saying, like, can we say, like, is it, is it, do I say Saudi Arabia show or Saudi Arabian show? I don't know. But Randy Orton picked up the victory over the big show, big show. Uh, back in action, but yeah. So no, with this, with this, the World Cup tournament, 
is now four people from the United States. Next week on SmackDown, uh, Rey Mysterio makes his full-time return to WWE on SmackDown 1000. And we'll see him in a qualifying match against Shinsuke Nakamura. I definitely think I expect to see Rey Mysterio move on in the tournament, which just means that a, a fifth person from the United States will be in the World Cup. I, it's going to be interesting. I think that this match is going to be really great to see. Uh, yeah, I'm and, thankful for this because there was like they could have just done Rey Mysterio versus Randy Orton or something. So I just can't wait to see what takes place if Rey Mysterio faces Kalisto. Well, that's Please. probably not going to happen. But. Please. No, it has to once. Also, Please. with the whole Big Show and Randy Orton thing, I thought even more so that Big Show would win because... Randy Orton's going to be tied up next week with the Evolution reunion on SmackDown, even though they were only a Raw team. Interesting. So, what do you mean that they were only a Raw team? You mentioned that it was, it was only the Raw roster. The roster really was Evolution split. was never on SmackDown. No. Huh. That's weird to me. I it was the roster brand. It was split. Yeah, yeah. Back then, it was the split and so everything. How's that weird? I don't know. It's just weird that they never appeared on SmackDown. Well, I just I don't know. But this week you also had mixed match challenge. You had Braun Strowman and Ember Moon pick up the victory over Bailey and Finn Balor, and you also had AJ Styles and Charlotte Flair, as we alluded to earlier with Charlotte Flair being injured, uh, defeated Carmella and our Truth. Well, if we're updating that. By all means. Actually, well, I don't know. But. Um, what are you thinking? Uh, we have Deanna Perazzo versus Io Shirai. Okay. We have Rhea Ripley versus Tegan Knox. We have Mia Yim versus Tony Storm. And uh, Lacey Lane versus Miko Satamora next week for the Mae Young Classic. Yeah. So. It's definitely going to be a, a good tournament. Up. I caught up on all of it today. Yeah. But um, speaking of WWE Network, on the 17th of October, the WWE NXT UK will air. So you could definitely look forward to that. I, I know there's a new champion over there, I believe. Yeah, so make sure you tune in. Uh, talking about new things, Bullet Club has a new member. And that being not Okada, who got turned on by uh, Tamatanga, but Jay White. Uh, Jay White has officially joined the Bullet Club after he denied joining earlier with Kenny Omega and uh, Young Bucks trying to get him to join. He denied them, and Bullet Club OG he ended up aligning himself with. So I'm not too sure if Bullet Club OG is Bullet Club. I'm still a little bit confused with that, but that's just because I haven't watched it in a while. Yeah, and uh, Los and Gobernobles de Japan have a uh, new member as well, which is uh, former Dragon Gate wrestler Shingo. Yeah, Shingo Takagi. So very interesting news right there. Yeah. But yeah, 
So, Dave, shameless plugs? Shameless plugs! This week, uh, they debuted the new season of Doctor Who, and it features the 13th Doctor, Jodie Whittaker, and it was a great episode. It's She was at Comic-Con, didn't get a chance to see her, did see somebody cosplaying as her. Brandon, I didn't ask you before, but what was some of you? Did you see any cosplayers that stood out to you? Uh, the Dragon Zord was cool, an Alpha. I saw a that, Wally and Eve. I saw you took a picture of them. I didn't yeah. even see that. Yeah, that was that was really cool. I really liked. There was one like giant chain carnage that I saw, and then uh, Captain Lou Albano. I saw. That's funny. Yeah. Oh, and you pointed out one of uh, Professor X and Beast, and the woman—the woman that was dressed up as Professor X—was using. Uh, I guess she may have injured her leg. But she was, was it actually Professor X? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I think that she was portraying. Uh, <clears throat> sorry, my throat's going. Portraying Professor X, but there was so much awesome, fun stuff going on. Um, also, make sure that you go check out. Check out. Sienna Morris Numberism Art. This was a booth that they had at Comic-Con that I think both Brandon and I were very impressed with. Um, she draws, does her art through formulas and numbers. So she had on sale the heart, a heart drawing. And it's drawn out of the equation for stroke volume and the AV node firing rate, uh, rate and ejection fraction and cardiac output and all of this stuff. She even had a jellyfish that is made that was drawn out of the chemical formula, uh, the mole- molecule for luciferin, which is responsible for the uh, luminescence. And it was so beautiful and cool and just the amazing creativity of it. But go check out SiennaArtStudios.com and You'll be just as impressed, I guarantee you. Um, make sure you go check out Ray. Uh, Ray Strazdas at Ray Strazdas. Uh, Raymond Strazdas.com and YouTube.com slash Ray Strazdas. He covers Nintendo, wrestling, and more. Uh, go check him out. He was dressed up as a WWE referee at Comic-Con. And he was also there with his Charlotte Flair. Uh, go check her out at CK Beckholt. Um, yeah, the Charlotte Flair looked amazing and yeah, it was so much fun. So great to talk to them. And yeah, right now, really cool. yeah, right now they're actually looking for, uh, Sasha Banks actually. Um, you were with me. So yeah. And that's Chrissy. What does that mean? Uh, they were looking for Sasha Banks. Well, Chrissy and Ray, they dressed up and everything, and they took pictures. They had a group. They had a group of Alexa Bliss, AJ Styles, Finn Balor. But here's the catch: they need Sasha Banks, and they want Sasha Banks to be with them when they go to Evolution, which they're going to attend in cosplay. So if you're interested, if you want to join them, if you want to be there, Sasha Banks, make sure you check them out. Go give a watch. Uh, Ray, go give him a follow at Ray Strazas. That's S 
T-R-A-Z-D-A-S, and Chrissy at C-K Bechtold. Uh, so go check them out. Go support them. Uh, one more thing, Superhero Fine Art Booth. They had an artist there, Blend Coda. Uh, it's a combination of – it looked like splash art, and it was just a combination of all the different beautiful colors to create some of the most – uh, famous DC characters like Batman. Uh, go check out blendcota.com. Blendcota.com. Hey, Brandon, any uh, shout outs? Listen to Brandon's shout outs because when there are shout outs, <laughs> there's honey. The first shout out is going to Ben Savage, Danielle Fischel, and Will Friedle. Uh, we kind of touched on it earlier, but that uh, the the 25th anniversary panel that I went to was really funny, and it felt like an event that I should have paid money for. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was really I, I cool. Think... It was really cool getting to to meet them, and you definitely lucked out. Yeah, uh, Lucha House Party getting the next shout out because WWE posted a video about uh, the importance of a mask in pro wrestling. And they were all there wearing matching masks, but in their own style. So I thought that was pretty cool. And uh, I'm giving the last, uh, as an anti-shout-out, to the Towers mode in WW2K19. because Towers mode? Yeah, Towers with a T. Yeah, what's Towers mode? It's like you go through an opponent one after the other after the other, and if you lose, you go back to square one. So they have that million-dollar tower where if you get through all, I think it's 15 opponents or 12 opponents or whatever, you face a gold AJ Styles, and then you could like win a chance to win a million dollars and face AJ. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really, really difficult. And I don't know if it's like my really? game. I just don't get it. Like I, I have my the, the, the opponents on like purple. And white sometimes, and they just they don't submit, and it makes no sense. But that's good. I I like it, it that just, you can't. It just win. doesn't make sense. I almost feel like my stuff is glitched because there are other people complaining about that too. And I've seen other people that like get to the AJ Styles with minimal damage, and it makes absolutely no sense to me. I really almost feel like the game is glitched in that part, but. I think that's dumb uh, because if you lose the match, you have to go all the way back to square one. Uh, and I, I think, think that's I, really cool. I think big head mode is dumb too, but I agree I guess with you on that. Each to each their own, but whatever. Those are my shout outs. Now it's time for our. Right, our mark out moment of the week. Dave, what did you mark out over this week? I marked out over getting to spend uh, two days in New York City with you. Oh, I thought you were going to say three days at Comic-Con. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I always love going to these events with you. But, I mean, the entire weekend in general, I don't know if there was a moment where I wasn't marking out. Um, from the panels to seeing all the cosplay 
to even just watching the the artists do their work um and everything about this weekend was a mark out moment and just very grateful that we had this experience um what about you so 205 live this week they had uh, leo rush basically issue an open challenge Lindsay Dorado answered that, and in the middle of their match, Maria Canellis came out. And then Mike Canellis attacked them from behind. So I thought that was pretty interesting. So I, I guess they're on the 205 Live roster now. Now yeah, I'm actually really happy about that, too. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. And uh, I can't wait for them to finally come out as the DLC. I don't know when that'll be, but... At least they're in 2K18 somehow. I mean, 2K19 somehow. Yeah. But that was our show, episode 401. Uh, mostly Comic-Con. <laughs> yeah. Um, thank you so much for every to everybody for listening. Um, we appreciate your support. We appreciate your all of your love. Uh, go give us a like on Facebook. Facebook.com slash marking out. Before we get on to that, don't forget to go check out ProWrestlingTiz.com slash out. There's going to be that 20% off everything in-store and online sale. All you have to do, this is going to be taking place October 12th to October 15th. Yeah, 1, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to 1 p.m. All you have to do is use the promo code, code RETAIL. You get your T-shirt, 20% off, and you also get a free PW Crate Overstock Wrestler autograph, 8x10. You got your T-shirt? What? what? You got your little autograph? What? You got... <laughs> so, so, so stupid. Damn it. Um, yeah, so you got <laughs> Facebook.com slash Mark. Now go listen to all of our past episodes, as Chris mentioned earlier on the podcast com. Also, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, and on iTunes. Go give us an email, markingout1 at gmail.com, if you'd like to be a musical interlude. If you uh, would like to send us a good old voice memo, markingout1 at gmail.com. Also, give us a follow on Twitter at BTTG161, at Chris Sweendog, uh, at markingout, at Dave the Rave underscore M O and YouTube.com slash Mark and 11. Go check out Cooking with Brandon. And we wish you the best of, best of your future, future endeavors. endeavors. Have a fantastic week. Oh, oh.